Hello everyone and welcome to The Stage You Place, where I, Elliot, get to chat with those who work behind the scenes in theatre, from writing to directing, producing to the technical team, and in this episode there is no exception, as I am talking with Sophie Layden, a writer whose upcoming production is her debut writing credit with Rapture, which is playing at the Pleasants Downstairs from the 28th of June until the 17th of July. What was really exciting about this interview is I got to do this in person with Sophie actually at the Pleasant Downstairs. So in the first part of this episode, when Sophie is talking about what the atmosphere is going to be like for the production, it was really exciting to actually be in the room and see her describe what was going to happen with the show. So that's why I love doing in-person interviews so much, as well as actually meeting the creatives, chatting a little bit before we actually record an episode. So thank you, Sophie, so much for having me at The Pleasance Downstairs to record this episode with you. So I won't waste any more of your time, listeners. Here is episode 49 with Sophie Layden. Enjoy. Hello, Sophie. Welcome to The Stage of Place. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. We're meeting just after a nice long rehearsal day yeah. and we're opening a week today, so I'm feeling very excited. Yes, and we are here at the Pleasance Downstairs where you are opening Rapture, which is, like you say, next week on the 28th of June, running until the 17th of July. So how have rehearsals been going here? Rehearsals have been going super well, thank you. Yeah. So a part of the benefit of being part of their new work season mm-hmm. is that we've had two full weeks in gratis of rehearsal space, which yeah. is really invaluable to us as an emerging company. Yeah. And it's also relatively rare in fringe theatre to be able to conduct so much of your rehearsal period mm-hmm. inside your space. Yeah. So that's been brilliant for us. For the actors, because it's such a physical piece, I think feeling out this space that we're sitting in now yeah. and getting really acquainted with entrances, exits, and filling the room mm. has been really helpful in terms of getting into character. Yeah. So rehearsals have gone really well. We're kind of two and a half weeks in now and are just in that polishing stage where we're finding all the detail. So it's been great fun so far. And I should say that we're here, it's quite a bare space at the moment. So talk to me a little bit about the show and like the space we'll transform into. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So we're in a thrust staging. So we have our long audience in front of us Mm -hmm. and then we've got the two sides. So that works really well for the play because we're using quite a lot of cheeky audience interaction moments. And those are sort of interspersed throughout the length of the play. So all through the duration. In terms of what we're doing with the space, we're transforming it quite a lot, I would say. Amazing. you can see all of the black curtains hanging which are the soft masking yeah and we're going to be stripping all of that down and revealing the rather stunning white metal back wall yeah so then we'll be using some projection of scenes shot around london fantastic kind of key locations of the play yeah and that's going to be projected straight onto the back wall then our designer who's a wonderful person called verity johnson Mm -hmm. they have created our sort of kinky latex take on theater masking which will look sort of like butcher's curtains translucent peachy colored plastic hanging in two sort of gorgeous wing structures on stage left and stage right yeah so that's where the actors will make their entrances in and out yeah 
And we're also going quite performative with our take on staging and props. So Mm -hmm. every prop that is used will be suspended in front of those curtains from the lighting rig. And as and when they're needed for the story, the actors go and pick them up, use them, chuck them around the stage, and then they get hung back up. So we're sort of doing a Chekhov's gun thing, (laughs) except it's with shibari rope and uh, (laughs) industrial cleaning materials for scenes in bars. And everything you see on stage will get used. Everything will get used, and it's just a question of when, exactly. That's really exciting. So talk to me a little bit about Rapture and what the show's about. Yeah, of course. So Rapture is a three-hander and we follow Holly Amorous partner and girlfriend Kit and Rosie, who, as the show opens, have been together for getting on four years and their life with their best friend Tommy. So the three of them all live together in a flat in East London. Tommy and Rosie also work together at a bar, which is called Davies, which is sort of imagined as a queer space. Think the glory meets one of the pubs in the <laughs> old Compton Street. Yeah. So that's kind of the space that their work takes place in. Kit is a social worker and is just starting a new job as we meet them. Yeah. So it's kind of a chaotic, crude romp through these three characters' lives. Yeah. Time period, a stretch of about three or four months. Without giving too much away, the crux of the story for me is how relationships and community have to be re-navigated and reckoned with in the wake of a harmful event. Okay. So that's the main narrative drive of the play in my eyes. Yeah. And we sort of follow the three of them on these adventures across and out of London. We have a couple of scenes that happen in Brighton, dealing with family members. Yeah. So it's all revolving around themes of chosen family, queer community and friendship, and how far that can uplift and sustain us but also where are the limits of identity politics driven understandings of community, I suppose. Yeah. So reckoning with this question of what does the community do for us when harm can be perpetuated within it? So we're also exploring themes of kind of identity and victimhood, questioning who the perpetrators are, how personal relationships can fracture and suffer in the wake of uh, difficult circumstances. And what do you want audiences to come into the show knowing or what do you want them to take away from the show? I think coming into the show, I would hope that they would have a bit of a curiosity to see what is our representation that we've collaboratively worked together to show of the lives of these young people in their mid to late 20s working in London's gig economy. Mm -hmm. There's a gag in the opening scene that each of the three of them, they've got to have their day job, their pay job and their gay job. So it's this question (laughs) of um, trying to make life fit around working two shifts a day, trying to keep your own creative practice going. So I'd hope the audiences come in sort of ready to be taken along for the ride, I suppose. And that's what we intend to do. Mm -hmm. We're not kind of looking to really hold their hands and over-explain aspects of queer community and queer spaces and what these relationships are like. So an openness for sure, I think, because we're touching upon parts of community and identity that are interconnected with this question of healing. And so a big part of what we're exploring is how can the same things that give us as LGBTQIA plus people the most euphoric and uplifting and open spaces and experiences also have the potential to do us damage and lead us down dark paths. So we're hoping to kind of have a sensitive take on issues we're touching on, like polyamorous relationships, like uh, the healing potentialities of kink and BDSM in queer relationships, but also exploring how does substance use fit into queer spaces, for instance, and how does that interrelate with queer sexual politics? So I think openness and curiosity is what I'd hope they'd come in with for sure. And in terms of going away, I hope that we are offering an engaging evening that is fun, camp, a bit chaotic, 
but will be underwritten with the emotional heart of the story and the really strong bonds that these three characters all have between them. Yeah. So I suppose I would like them to come out considering their own understandings of what community can mean to them, both in an abstract way. Where do I find community? Does it come off my identity markers? Do I see myself as being somebody that fits in XYZ community? But also thinking, how can I provide solidarity, community and support to the people in my life in interpersonal relationships? Mm -hmm. So taking it from that kind of macro down to the micro and thinking about how they can better show up for their friends, whether or not they're part of a queer community, whether or not their friends are part of that community. There are other kind of sources of uh, support and healing that we touch upon. One of our characters is in AA, and so that we have a scene where they go and connect with those people. So I suppose I would just quite like to open up a bit of dialogue around that or just a bit of thought around that how far can community take us and where are its limits yeah and obviously being here at the pleasance they've done a lot of programming with stuff about trans and about the lgbtq community um what does it feel like to actually be able to put on this show here at this space that is so welcoming for this type of work it's definitely great to be working with the pleasance for me this is a really ideal venue for our first show yeah A, because of what you've spoken about briefly there, but B, because they are a mainstream theatre venue who also have quite a, especially in recent years, history of programming drag and burlesque and cabaret. Yes. So Pink Sky is a company. We're a collective of artists who come from different performance disciplines. Okay. So my background has largely been in theatre. Yeah. Over the past kind of two years or so, I've kind of expanded my practice to work a lot more with artists who have their own individual creative practice in these different diverse disciplines. So it's really nice for us to have that confidence that we're in the mainstream theatre building, we've got their inbuilt audiences and their support, but we can kind of camp it up and bring in the different elements that we're working with. Spoken word, a bit of rhythm, we've got a bit of lip syncing going on. So it's kind of all happening, so that's really nice. I think in terms of your kind of second part of that point about making work in a space that is supportive and open and welcoming to queer creatives, I think, yes, you're right, The Pleasance is a really great spot for that. I also think that it's something that we as a company have a responsibility to bring into each venue that we're working with. And The Pleasance have been really open to that. We have some representatives from a charity coming to take donations on the first two previews of our run. We also have a very um, coincidental timing with Pride Week and uh, uh, London Pride. Yeah. So obviously anniversary of Stonewall Riots is 27th of June and we'll be opening on the 28th, which feels yeah. very nice. So that's lovely. Yeah, and talk to me about Pink Sky then, because this is the very first production for Pink Sky. You talked a little bit there about how it was created, about who's a part of the company. What do you want to move forwards with, with Rapture or after Rapture? And what type of company are you hoping to create and work produced for? Yeah, great question. So this is, as you say, our debut show. So we feel really grateful and also proud of ourselves that we're able to open onto the London fringe scene with a three-week run in a sort of mid-scale venue like The Pleasance. It's a really big opportunity. And I think it's only fitting because we're kind of raring and ready to go. We started our activities as a company in around about uh, this time last year. 
and that was in the form of some online queer theatre making courses that we attended, made connections with people through that. And then we did a scratch sharing of what has gone on to become Rapture at The Glory, which is a queer venue on Kingsland Road. And we did that in the basement. And it was kind of like a 10 minute scratch of kind of a theatre piece, but using all of the different elements we've spoken about. So those beginnings have sort of led us to where we are now. In terms of what's next for Rapture, Obviously, we're hoping that we get some nice industry in and the show gets picked up. We would love to do another run. Whether that's in London or not, we don't know. We're quite keen to take the work outside of London. And actually, this is kind of a point for a second question, I suppose, but after the London run of Rapture, we're doing something a bit unusual, which is we're taking it three days on a strategic mini tour to local venues in East Anglia. But next Rapture, maybe London again, maybe we'll submit to Vault Festival, maybe Brighton Fringe next year, maybe Edinburgh Fringe next year. It's all dependent, but I'm certain that we will find the right onwards life for this show. In terms of Pink Sky, we run the company with two strands. The first being devising, making, and staging our own work. Mm -hmm. So Rapture is the first big culmination of that. And then the second strand is sort of more community-based. So running networking events for LGBTQIA plus creatives in London, particularly emerging ones, I suppose, Mm -hmm. facilitating performance events. Mm -hmm. So we ran our launch event in February of this year and we had eight different performers, no one with the same discipline, stand-up comedy, live music, spoken word, all sharing a stage for one evening. Great variety. And that was a great variety um, for them to get networking as well. Yeah. Because I suppose there's also something we're trying to do in theatre. I think a lot of creatives take it as read that we know how to write to the Arts Council (laughs) or we know how to approach a venue or you know what the pitching process is like. If you put yourself in the shoes of um, a drag king who's trying to get started on the London scene, there's so much work to be done, getting your socials up and running, getting your act good. By the time you've even booked a gig for a week, you're kind of, you know, at capacity. So I suppose just offering that space for people to meet each other, share tips and tricks about things like networking and production and all of that stuff is quite nice across those disciplines. Yeah. So whereas sometimes stand-up comics, for instance, you're only meeting other stand-ups. Yeah. I mean, it's enough to drive you mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so bringing people together is what we're hoping to do. So watch out. We're definitely doing more variety evenings. Definitely yeah. a cabaret night. Venue dependent. Last time we were at the Omnibus, which yeah. is really nice space in Clapham. Yeah. But we're thinking maybe even uh, a queer space next. Who knows? But yeah, we'll be running more. And talk to me a little bit about that. You said that mini tour in East Anglia. Yeah. So how did that come about? Was that through? Were they helping you out at all with this show? So that came about. So Simon Fraser, who's our lovely producer, yeah. grew up in and around East Anglia, Great. and we wanted to take the work outside of the conditions in which it's being made, produced and received. Yeah. By which I mean a lot of the play is set in and around very specific locations in East London, which I love because it's all about, you know, the psychogeography of living in these places. However, I think that A, there is very limited access to contemporary new writing for LGBTQIA plus people outside of London. So I think taking the work up to different communities Mm -hmm. 
A is kind of a litmus test for us to see how this settles with very different audiences. You know, the inbuilt audience at the Pleasance and our sort of um, following as Pink Sky, very metropolitan, very young, probably quite queer, probably very left-leaning, all brilliant, you know, no shade. But uh, I think it's also important to um, try out your work in different places and kind of open up that uh, process I suppose so the way we're formatting it is we're doing rehearsed readings with our three performers so semi-stage really yeah. and then opening up the room to feedback and chat and talking about what did you connect with in the script and then I will be running a couple of workshops as well Great. so that's the idea we're just doing three three different shows three different days gonna go up on a train stay in an Airbnb yeah <laughs> it's kind of just you know it's wanting to really integrate that outreach yes. and community strand yeah. in the project plan when yeah. you're submitting that to whoever it may be the Pleasance yeah. the Arts Council because in another world to be able to do a tour that's yeah. a whole separate undertaking that yes. takes six months of your life <laughs> so tacking it on in this way yeah. has been a really valuable thing for us to do and yeah, yeah. we're really excited to see how uh, Rapture's received in East Anglia yeah no that is really exciting and tell me Sophie a little bit about you then so you're a writer you're here now at the Pleasance but where did this all start for you were you always interested in writing for theatre or was it you know a different avenue and you came into writing where did it start for you I never thought about writing for theatre okay yeah. I'm a director first yeah. and foremost okay. now I'm kind of for Rapture's purposes at least it's that writer director hyphen yeah for me I started writing because I had this idea bubbling in the back of my mind for, and bear with me here, a one-woman show about true crime and pop culture forms as a way of recovering from trauma. Okay, yes. Which was where the idea began. Okay. Now, to anyone listening, if you come and see the show, there is not one reference to true crime. (laughs) And this was an idea that I developed with a very good friend and kind of sometime collaborator of mine, Bella. And we were obsessed with this idea and we kind of worked on it together. And that was the beginning of my interest in interdisciplinary forms because we were thinking, how can we take the phenomenon that is true crime documentaries, podcasts, YouTube channels, Mm -hmm. and translate that into a theatre setting? Obviously that idea has now evolved above and beyond and it's the same story I suppose but we've obviously expanded the world. For me I started writing just because I had this idea and I wanted to go in my practice and my sort of uh, career path from a place where I could only have work and be making theatre when I was cultivating those relationships with new writers and people were coming to me with scripts that were finalised and I was ready to go. And I absolutely love that. New writing is so much like my home and where I sit comfortably as a creative. But I think I wanted to be able to have an idea of the story that I want to tell and be able to find the form for that collaboratively with actors, but still being able to take that forward myself from page to stage as it were so that was the motivation in terms of how did it start actually getting committed to page yeah lockdown (laughs) okay and this is something that you will be hearing again and again from people yeah in lockdown i was living in a six-man house share in peckham which is where i've been living since i left uni three years ago and all five of my other lovely housemates were studying or working remotely right and i was put on furlough from my front of house job at the bridge which was an absolute godsend because i was able to keep my room in London and I had bags of time and so I would just make a little coffee in the morning go and try and find a park 
I, you best believe I've been to every single park in South East London, <laughs> go cycling around and I just started writing. Yeah. And since then it's been a real labor of love. I hey. haven't found it easy going no. and it's been a really steep learning curve. But I think that I do feel quite comfortable now in that writer director yeah. place. Yeah, and obviously, so you've come from a directing background, which is great because what I want to know about being a writer, obviously your work can change in the rehearsal process. So having been in the room or like being outside and like getting like rehearsal reports or anything, how happy are you to adapting your words based on what the actors want to say on stage? Do you know what, too happy. Yeah, Definitely yeah, too yeah. happy. <laughs> That's a very good answer. <laughs> because when I've been do a director, yeah. obviously I want to make all the decisions. So yeah. if I'm working with a new writer and I'm thinking, oh, that joke just isn't landing. Yes. Obviously, I'm then straight on the WhatsApp as a total control freak saying, hey, hope you're really well. I was just wondering on page 22, halfway down, what would you think about? And lots of writers do like to work that way where they send ideas backwards and forwards to you and yeah. they want to be in the room a lot of the time and they want to make those edits, which I really enjoy. But some of them prefer to hand you a finished product yes. before the rehearsal room even opens, which is also a great way to work. Yeah. But for me, God, the poor actors, <laughs> I need to rein it in sometimes because, yeah. you know, now we're getting to we've got a week out and I'm, I'm thinking okay I've got to stop itching to change the line so yeah. you know, put down the writer's hat and step completely into the director's hat which yeah. I think I have been able to do which is really nice yeah. Uh, but yeah we definitely have done some script edits in the space yeah <laughs> that's brilliant well Sophie thank you so much for coming on to talk about Rapture do you want to tell people how they can book tickets I would love to do that yeah. so if you go on the Pleasance Theatre website you will find our show page there under Rapture and you can book tickets. I should also mention that on top of our usual performances, we're running three shows with BSL interpretation for deaf or hard of hearing people. Yeah. One of those shows is also a relaxed performance for neurodivergent patrons. Great. And one of them is also a socially distanced performance for um, people who are immunocompromised um, yeah. or otherwise shielding. And yeah, we then also have a second relaxed performance, which will be a sort of noisy performance. All of our access information you can find on the website. Yeah. You can book on there. And uh, please also follow us along on our socials. We are at PinkSkyTC on Instagram and on Twitter. Yeah. And you can find us there with all of our lovely rehearsal photos and behind the scenes content. We really, really hope to see you at the show. We'd love to get good audiences in for this, our debut. Tell your friends, tell your mum, tell your boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, tell all of them. And uh, we'll hope to see you there. Well, Sophie, thank you so much. I'm definitely obviously coming because <laughs> it just sounds amazing. And I cannot wait to see what you do with the space. I love suspended props and set oh, and stuff. Yes. It's always it's so much fun, suspended. isn't it? Yeah, it's all suspended, which is <laughs> incredible. But one final question for you. Yes. If you've listened to the podcast before, listeners, or if you've listened to the podcast, Sophie, you'll know that our final question is about the stagey place. It is the <laughs> title of the podcast. And what I love to know is whereabouts my guest's stagey place is. So this could be a theatre that you've grown up with. It could be a theatre that has supported you throughout bringing Rapture to life. Mm. It can be... It could be maybe the park that you were talking about earlier on where yeah. you just had that place where you were writing. It could be a venue that you've worked in as a director. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a theatre space. Mm. So for you, Sophie, what I'd love to know, and I'm sure what our listeners would love to know, is whereabouts is your stagey place? I would have to give it to the most wonderful artistic director in London. Yeah. Marie McCarthy and the Omnibus Theatre. Great. Anytime I need support, be it yeah. rehearsal space, a coffee and a chat, some dramaturgy, shout out Sam Powell. We were rehearsing yeah. there two weeks ago and their literary associate hopped in to do some dramaturgy for me. 
that is my venue. That's where we held our launch event. We yeah. had a show on there called Lavender by Holly Fitzpatrick earlier this year. They've got the three spaces, the main house, the upstairs, and the common room. And it's just the most queer friendly, lovely, relaxed, beautiful old building. Yeah. That is my stagey place. That is very exciting. Well, Sophie, thank you so much for coming on thank to the stagey so place. Much. Pleasure to chat. Thank you. And there we go. That was episode 49 of The Stagey Plays with this week's guest, Sophie Layden, writer of Rapture, playing at the Pleasance Downstairs from the 28th of June into the 17th of July. Again, I'd love to thank Sophie so much for coming onto the podcast and reaching out to be a part of this series. It's really exciting to chat to new and upcoming creatives, especially like Sophie, with what sounds like a really exciting show. And if you were listening to this episode and wanted to book tickets for the show, you can do so from the Pleasance Theatre's website. All the information you need to book tickets will be in our episode notes, so do make sure to check out the description of this episode. And that's it for this week. So thank you so much for tuning in to episode 49 of The Stagey Place with myself, Elliot, and this week's guest, Sophie Layden. Until next time, I hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye.